0: I am joyful today, but at the same time still dealing with the reality of the loss of Mother Octavia. Um, That was quite a blow. Um, I was, honestly, I was never really doubtful that she would come home. I I just knew that she would be with us, and and no matter what I heard about the reports, I just kind of. Kept believing and trusting. I, I've known Mother Octavia for a long, long time. From back in Love Center days. Always the sweetest woman in the world. But she, I mean, just... she was, You know, some people are gifted with that. They don't even have to try hard. You know, for, for, for people like me, it's an effort. I gotta, I gotta pray and fast and ask God to help me to be that consistent. You know, mother, I tell you, it seemed like it just oozed out of her. It just, she breathed sweetness. Oh, brother, pastor. You know, I could hear her just calling my voice and hear that little sweet, oh, brother, pastor. How are the children? How are the children? She always loved on our family, loved our church, loved my daddy, loved you all. So I, I'm preaching again, yet through another blow. Not too long ago, I lost my Aunt Marcy uh, and praying for the Hawkins family and, and now we got to do another funeral for Mother Octavia. So hold me up and I'm praying for all of you as well because I know you all loved her as well. Amen. Uh, we honor those who have been with us and, and loved the Lord and been in our church. She was definitely a mother to us all. Amen. 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 Well, uh. Keep your, uh, let's see, how do I want to say this? Keep praying for Brother Boxing and Brother Calvo. They both came down with the virus. And what that did is that pushed me a week ahead (laughs) for starting my series. So I had to go in the hyperdrive to prepare for this morning. And then on top of that, my wife got back on Saturday. Uh, Jamie and her, she, they had been out of town, my, my wife and my son. Jamie got a chance to do uh, some, some jazz at a Baptist uh, place, a Baptist jazz. I don't know how they put that together, but they did it. <laughs> and so he was able to kind of stretch forth, and mom was out there at a little Baptist camp, a little jazz camp that he went to. And so I had all the kids with me this week, and um, everybody down to Grace. And then found out I had to preach. So, so, no excuses. The Lord knows what he's doing. This is his church. And I'm starting a new series. I was going to start it last, uh, next week, but now we're starting it today. Let's get to the book of Colossians. Colossians, the first chapter. Amen. Colossians, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. Colossians, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. Chapter, one through eight. Amen. All right. The Word of God reads, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. Amen? We always pray for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Amen. Come on in, y'all. You have heard or you have had this expectation ever since you heard the truth of the, underline this, good news gospel. Amen? The same good news, underline that, that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth. Amen. About God's wonderful Wonderful. grace. Amen. You learned about the good news, underline that again, from Apophis, or Or Apophis, I think, Apophis, our brother co-worker, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. I'm going to speak to you today from the sermon title, Persevering Love. Persevering love. Amen? Persevering love. So, Paul is going everywhere proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He is the Savior of the world. And guess what? That means Caesar is not. And this gospel that he's preaching says that man is in trouble with God Because we have all sinned against him, and the only way to get out of trouble with God and to be saved from the wrath of God is to believe and trust and rely in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? And because of this cause, Paul ends up going to prison because you can't say in this province area where the Romans are ruling everything that Jesus Christ is Lord because they're like, well, wait a minute. I thought Caesar was God. Paul is saying, no, I boldly tell you, Caesar's a pawn, if anything. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Now, while he is there, Paul is allowed in the cell that he's in to have visitors and supporters. And Timothy is one of the people there that is writing with him his son in the gospel Amen. He's writing down all the things that Paul has to say in his letters. And there are also two men there by the name of Tychicus and Onesimus. Onesimus is a person that we've learned, I preached through that whole entire chapter at one time, or that book of of Philemon. Amen. So this is during around the time of Ephesus. Amen. And so what happened is, is there is uh, Tychicus and... Uh, Onesimus, they are not the letter writers like Timothy, but they are the letter carriers. They are the feet that take the letters to all the churches. Amen? All right. You keeping that? All right. Hold on to it. Now, during this time also, there is a man named Epaphras. Or Epaphras. 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 Yes, thank you, son. Epaphras, who left the place of or the city of Colossae and traveled to Ephesus, And while he is there, he hears Paul preaching the gospel, and he gets saved. And then after that, when Epaphras becomes a believer, he goes back home to his hometown of Colossae, where all the Colossians are, and uh, he starts evangelizing. He starts telling everybody about Jesus Christ. And before you know it, there is a church there in the city of Colossae, all right? So there's a church plant that Paul had something to do with, but he doesn't know any of these people. The pastor, if you will, so to speak, is really Epaphras. So what ends up happening is one day Paul is there in prison, and Epaphras goes and he reports to Paul in Rome all of the things that are happening in the church of the Colossians, or Colossae. And he's saying, listen, Paul, there's a new church there. we got some new believers. I preached the gospel. Folks got saved. And there's some good things that are happening. And there's some not-so-good things that are happening. Really, really good things and really, really bad things. Amen? And this is normal, saints, just like today, we got some good things happening in our church here, some good things happening to folks that are, you know, that are listening online, and let's just be honest, every church is not wonderful. I know you joined it, and you feel great about your church, and you feel like this is it, not, you know, but there's some good things, and there's some bad things, and we can start with the pastor. <laughs> good things, bad things. Churches have issues. You know, pastors have issues Church members have issues So there's like, you know, one of the issues that we have at the pastor, then we got down to the choir Get down to the praise team If you got one The deacons, ushers There's issues There's no church on the planet that Jesus is not Adjusting Okay So just like it was back in Colossae So it is today Church is messy Let's just be real Oh, I love my church, Well, your church needs just about as much Jesus as everybody else's church. Okay? All right. So this prompts Paul, after he hears the good things and the not-so-good things in the church, to write a letter to the Colossians, and that's why we have the letter of Colossians today. All right? Now, Colossians one. let Let's go through it. Help me, Holy Spirit. Paul says, This letter is from Paul. Chosen by the will of God, not by man, chosen by the will of God, to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and from our brother Timothy. Timothy is a writer. Paul is the one that's basically saying what's being written. We getting it? Okay. He's the pen. Timothy is the pen. Paul's got the words. All right. He's saying, I am, first of all, notice it. He says, I'm an apostle. Now, we got a lot of folks going around calling themselves apostles today. I will never be one of them. I don't believe in that, and I'm going to tell you straight up, I think it's a bunch of foolishness. Okay? It really is. But Paul said, I'm a real apostle. I have been sent by God to tell you the truth about how you can be free. Paul basically said, I don't give myself this title like everybody else does. (laughs) His assignment does not come from man. Paul doesn't know who these people are, so he actually has to take his office and present it to them so they understand that he's been sent by God. That's what apostle means. Amen? Sent by God. There is no Bible in print at this time. So what you have here are the apostles who are going around, who are the shown up apostles, who speak the words, who speak what God wants them to say, and have miracles to back it up. That's another level. Okay, Real apostles. Paul says, I'm a real apostle. I have the power to back up what I say. Amen? Amen. 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 2 Corinthians 5.20. New Living Translation says this. 2 Corinthians 5.20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We, watch this, speak for Christ. Wow. Every word that he's saying, he's saying, I'm getting this from Christ. I speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And there's an issue here in Colossians. We're going to get into it. Romans 11:13, 13, King James Version. Romans 11:13, 13, King James Version. He says, for I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles. I'm sent to you by Christ, or in this case, in the Colossians, we see that he has been sent to write this letter to the Colossians, and these words that he's speaking are from Christ. This is his assignment. And he says, I magnify mine office. I'm stressing this point to you so that you understand, you understand that I'm not the one really talking here. Amen? Amen. So back to Colossians, New Living Translation, 1 and 2. Go, Keisha, go. (laughs) Word of God says, we are writing... To God's holy people, King James Version says God's saints, the faithful brethren, God's holy people, God's set-apart ones, those who are separated by God in the city of Colossae, who are God's faithful brothers and sisters, those who have been placed uh, in the church, those who by faith in God and Jesus Christ uh, are now God's holy people. They are God's faithful people. They place their faith in Jesus Christ. They are now saved, but they are not only saved, they are people that believe that what God has done for them uh, has placed them not just on the planet. They're in Christ. You see that? I'm writing to God's holy people in Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. This is their new position. Amen? And then he says, may God our Father give you grace and peace. Now, here's the thing. He's writing to the people who he believes are already saved. So we're not talking about grace to get in the family of God. He's talking about something else here. Interesting. Of course, it includes that. But he's saying here, may God give you grace and peace. Not grace to be in Christ because they're already there. He's saying grace to remember that you're in Christ. Oh, when you face opposition, when you face temptation, when you face trials, we're praying that God will give you grace so that your peace is not robbed because of your stress level. Are you hearing me? I'm giving you, no, no, I'm not gracing you to be in the family. You're in the family. But now that you're in the family, I'm gracing, I'm praying consistently that God will remind you of who you are, of where you are, so when you're going through, you don't lose your peace. Are you hearing me? Amen. So Paul's writing to the Colossians, listen. Even after this walk, and you get saved, you're going to need grace. God's supernatural ability. Amen. You're going to need peace. The truth is, is because your belief, your new belief in God does not stop Satan from working against God's people. Amen. If anything, it makes you a target. Amen. When you were in his clutches, he wasn't tripping off you. The moment you got out. Oh. The moment you heard the truth and believed in Jesus Christ and you were saved by grace through faith. That moment is when Satan said, oh, Somebody's missing. Who snuck out? <laughs> Somebody got out. Somebody got delivered. So that's the moment you became a target. You will need grace and peace to remain cool headed in times of adversity. Don't lose your cool. Say that. Don't lose your cool. Amen. You're going to need that grace. Here's the problem. Just like in Galatians, we just got to teach in all through Galatians, chapters 1 through 6. Now we're in Colossians. Just like in Galatia, you had this combination thing that's happening, but a little slightly different here. It's a combination because I say there were the same strict legalistic Jews infiltrating the church. Okay? That's a common problem. To strip away the gospel, causing people to depend on themselves versus depend on God Depend on their own righteousness versus depend on God. Amen? But what you also had here is Colossae is pagan territory. Okay? So you got not just the strict legalistic Jews who want you to depend on yourself to please God, you also got this pagan influence. So these Colossians are worshiping these mystical angels, so called gods. Okay? They they sacrifice sacrifice to them. them. They They even go go so far to wear amulets and and bracelets and they carry around magical stones stones in their their clothing, Uh, stones to protect protect them them from from evil evil spirits, not realizing that (laughs) these these so-called angels are actually the demons. Okay? Okay. So So the the problem with every church back then and now is dealing with satanic lies that come to strip away from the truth. Amen? Satan is the father of lies. He uses his demons to spread untruth or things that are not true. They're kind of true, kind of not true, sort of kind of true, not really all the truth. You hear what I'm saying? He strips away from it in order to get you to Trust in other things or put your people or put your trust in other people and their in their myths and their you know the these these oh well, I worship the angels. I need this, I need that. I need everything but Jesus basically. Okay? So what ends up happening here, this is a history. One of these warlock shaman like, you know, let's just call them a YouTube influencer or something like that. <laughs> they got lots of influence okay everybody kind of you know listens to what they say you know and so what ends up happening is he's kind of like a shaman you know spiritual advisor uh he's in the city and he probably started coming to the church and started teaching something kind of like this jesus is great jesus is cool he's another angel that we can add to our list Mm. but if you want protection from tough times don't forget to worship the ones we've been worshiping all along see how that goes so you know let's wear our amulets let's do our sacrifices let's put on our little you know spiritual bracelets and our little idol worship and all that kind of stuff we do and let's do all of that you know and Let's go to church too. That's what that's what they're doing. This kind of mixture thing, you know. That's how it always happens. Somebody comes in with some truth, quote unquote, and folks go, "Oh, what you really need is some spiritual beads. Get your rosemary loving. Put Mary in the corner over here." And Jesus on a plate up there somewhere. Put them together. And now we got protection from bad times. People are still doing this today. Amen? People are still doing this kind of stuff today. So Paul writes this letter to encourage the believers to stay the course. He knows that abandoning the cultural beliefs of The city, you know, of your town is going to cause all hell to break out against this church. Okay? Because if any trouble does jump off, if any trouble does come, the city is going to start blaming the new Christians. We had an earthquake this week, and I know why. Because y'all stop worshiping the God that stops the earthquakes. It's the Christians' fault. The reason why we're having, you know, a tsunami or or problems in the market, the reason why the market crashed is because of the Christians. They stopped serving everybody else, and they start worshiping Jesus only. You need to get back to the old gods so things will be okay. So there's pressure, people. Are you hearing me? There's pressure if you don't do what everybody else is doing, and folks find out that you're a Christian, oh, you're a problem now. You're going to cause trouble. First of all, we don't like all this no Caesar stuff. Don't you know we underneath Caesar? And then second of all, the reason why we're getting a break from Caesar is because all these angels that we worship him are keeping us from. And here we are when all the trouble starts. It's more than likely the fault of the Christians. See how that works? We deal with the same thing today, don't we? Just like today, when you left all the other stuff that you believe behind, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your running buddies, the folks you used to hang out with, your clubbing buddies, they all left you. They thought you were on the same page. You may have left somewhere. You, 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 you turn your back on all that stuff, and all of a sudden, we ain't cool no more. Suddenly, you find yourself isolated from everything. Everything changed, everything changed, everything changed. changed. You were surprised how many people could do you in. That's what happened. You get serious about God and watch what happens. Oh, yeah. Count up the cost, people. Count up the cost. There's a cost to follow Jesus, and there's always been one. There's a cost to follow Jesus. You know, you were on your way to hell, and now you're on your way to heaven. Don't be surprised when everything on earth goes crazy. All right. The new direction starts to affect things on earth, doesn't it? Yeah, amen. All right, verse 3. So Paul says because of all of this and knowing that all this is going to happen, we always pray for you. We are interceding. But here's the thing. I don't mean to diverge here, but here's the thing that just hit me. And this is going to talk about this persevering love. They're praying from prison. He doesn't know the Colossians. He's never been there. He's interceding for the Colossians from prison. Grace and peace to the people in Colossae. Here's the point: Can you pray for somebody else while you're in trouble? Hmm. Can you pray for somebody else? when When you're you're in trouble. trouble, And here's the other thing. Notice he He said we always pray, pray. not just Paul. He said said we. We. Notice the we here. It's It's not not just Paul praying. It's Tychicus, Tychicus. Onesimus, Onesimus. huh? Huh? Paul probably Epaphras. And Paul, we got a little prayer group going on. Huh? Are you praying for others while you're going going through? There's a prayer group gathered to pray for somebody else while you're in prison. I'm going to call my buddies over while my bills aren't paid and pray for you. I'm going to call my buddies over, my prayer warriors over and pray for you while my husband is acting crazy. I'm going to pray for you while my child's in jail. I'm going to pray. I'm going to make a prayer group. I'm going to call in the troops while my stuff is all janky and raggedy. I'm going to take my mind off of myself while I'm going through something, break away from everything I'm dealing with, and pray for somebody else. You would think that they would be praying for Paul. Paul is saying, no, let's pray for them. Wow. What I'm trying to say here, and I'm going somewhere, people, there's a selflessness that comes into play that is deposited into the believer once you get saved. It's not all about you anymore. It's not all about you anymore. We always pray. That that, that, that sounds like there's a prayer list. (laughs) You on the list. Your need is on the list. You might be doing a little bit better than me, but I put your need on my list. I continually, I'm always praying for you. Amen? There's a selflessness. This is proof of salvation because this kind of sounds like somebody I know. Don't it sound like Jesus? Jesus. Come on. on. And we give thanks to God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Here we go. For we have heard of your faith in Christ, not faith in the bank, not faith in your job, not faith in your political party, not faith in anything else. There's not just faith to have faith. There's faith in Jesus Christ, amen? And that faith is centered on the Lord Jesus Christ because he can never fail. He's the only one that's going to be dependable. If you put your faith anywhere else, you will be disappointed. Amen? So he said, We give thanks to God because you're of your faith in Jesus Christ. And here's our big point Epaphras told us that not only are you saved, he said, And you have love for all God's people. You see? Uh, now let's back up one more time. The Colossians are in showing enough trouble, they're a new church. They're being pressured to stray away from the truth, and that is at an all-time high. They are dealing with false teaching, and they are suffering attacks from people that they know and people that they don't even know just because they're Christians. They have loved ones who are hating them because they place their faith in Jesus, and yet they have this power to not think of themselves but to love others. Wow. Wow. Now Paul wants to instruct them and let them know where this power actually comes from. Verse 5. We're going to move quickly now. We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, which comes... And your love for others, for God's people, right? Which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. So what he's saying here is this supernatural power has a component of truth that stabilizes it and makes you able to do this. And what is that truth? A confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Come on, somebody. This, ver- this I don't have to go into this as much. This already preaches itself. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Verse 6, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. He's not saying that everybody got it yet. He said, but everybody, everywhere, we are sending the gospel everywhere. And so far, it looks like nothing can stop it. It's going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it has changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood. Come on, Holy Spirit, the clear. Gospel of Jesus Christ, huh? that understood the truth about God's wonderful grace, not all this other stuff that people are preaching to get you distracted from Jesus. You no, 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 you got it. Thank you for the clap, but this is a problem. One of the reasons why folks ain't free is because they' being fed a bunch of lies on Sunday. I can't get free if I didn't want if I wanted to. Because not, not a lot of people are telling the truth. You got churches packed with greedy folks and greedy pastors who will tell you what you want to hear. Your, your, your ears are itching so much. By the time you leave church, you can set your earphones on fire. <laughs> just, you know what I'm saying? Just lies. Engineer teaching people with engineers. I just want to hear. I just I need to be encouraged. Tell me something. You're going to get a movie deal. All right. (laughs) Now I'm encouraged. And I I live off of that for a week. Then I'm depressed again. Because it's not the truth. It's about God's wonderful, marvelous grace that we do not deserve, that we could never earn. I am set free. I have been redeemed by God. My sins are washed away. (laughs) <laughs> you can live on that truth forever, people. And I'm telling you, online, if somebody's not teaching that, get yourself in a church where somebody is. Don't be in there starving. It's the good news. You understood the clear, understood, you understand the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learn about this good news from, once again, not. From Paul, but indirectly from Paul, the man named Epaphroditus who got saved by Paul, right? So he's going around telling people the truth. See how it works? All right, so it's good news passed down to one person, passed down to another person, passed down to another person. Everybody's got this good news. He's saying the people of Colossae have heard the good news from our beloved co worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. Okay? By telling you the truth, You're getting set free by hearing the good news. He's He's preached this good news. So the Colossians, watch this, saints. Here comes a persevering love part. Calm down, Jimmy. The Colossians heard this good news, the truth. And the truth is because of God's grace in giving us Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for our sins, they and all other believers in the future are included in the greatest inheritance ever known in the known and unknown universe. Take that in, somebody. They are now included in a family where the Father is not only rich, the Father is God. Oh, My goodness. And the believers are about to get a bunch of stuff and inherit a bunch of blessings that they know good and well they don't deserve. That's why we call it the good news, saints. Jesus Christ saved me from my sins. I am going to heaven. My record is completely wiped out, and I'm going to get a bunch of stuff. (laughs) I get eternity. I get to live in paradise forever. Huh? So they get the good news. Somebody, come on. So, so here's the question. What would this good news free you to do? Well, if we stay in context, look at it. What, come on, just a few more questions. What would be different if you had absolute guarantee of something good coming? What would would be be different different about you if you you were were just completely and totally secure that that something something good was coming? How would would this change your schedule? How would this change your calendar, your to-do list? Mm. What would your life purpose be about now that you know and believe this good news? Mm. They, they got, got the best, the best news, news ever? ever? Uh-huh. What, what would you, you act like if you had, had the, the best, best news, news ever? Let me tell you something. Notice when people win the lottery, you ever notice what happens? You ever notice their, their whole vibe changes? You win the lottery, you, you hug people, <laughs> you remember the publisher clearing house commercials? They showed the house big old check about the, the size of this pulpit. And the people be holding it, and the people were just crumbling up the check trying to hold help folks. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. What would happen? What you ever notice when you win the lottery that things just kind of change about your whole personality? You know, you feel so good about everything. You ever notice that? Every you had you had a bad day. Suddenly your day is not that bad. Why? You got fifty million dollars coming to you. Now let's raise it. Five hundred million. That about it. It's two thousand twenty-two inflation. You got five hundred million dollars coming to you. What would that change about your life purpose? What would that change about your confidence? What would that change about your attitude in life? You ever notice when people get some money? You know, you go, come on now, we all have not always been saved. So go with me on a little bit, a little trip. For, and for those of you who can't hang, hang and can't handle it, just, you know, just fast forward. You, I'll be done in a minute. But, you know, here's the thing. You go to the club, and somebody come in who's just made a lot of money, and they do something crazy, impulsive. <laughs> Drinks for everybody. Right? And so they're feeling so good. They buy a drink for everybody, right? And here you are, you know, sitting there wondering what's going on. Wow. Who's that? Oh, that's Jamie Hawkins. What happened? Why is he buying drinks? That's silly. Oh, he just won the lottery. Oh, now it makes sense. What happened? He feels so good. He won the lottery. He's filthy rich. What happened? The cares of this world have not robbed him of his ability to be kind and generous. Why? Because he's just got the best news ever. Think about it. That's how people are. I'm so, man, I'm so happy. What you want? What you need? When you got that kind of money, you ever saw, they, you, they say, oh, he's just throwing around money. That's what they do. They just throw it around. Why? Because he got it like that. He doesn't care about anything. The cares of this world... Have not robbed him from being loving, kind, and generous. Mm. What if you were in jail and you knew you were guilty? You knew you did it. But you found out that there was some loophole in the law that allows you to get out. And you're getting out in one month. Now, the night before, you got into a beef with somebody. And y'all were about to fight. Let's Let's just say it was your roommate, your cellmate. And you're thinking in a minute, you know, I'm about to shank you. (laughs) You're going to get it. I'm going to cover you up, smother you with my pillow, let you have it. I'm about to do you. But you find out that you're getting out tomorrow. Well, all of a sudden, you know what? I think I'm going to let you live. I'm feeling a little generous today. Because I'm guilty I know I did it I know I have every reason to be up in here but somebody found some kind of loophole where I'm getting out free and I know I don't deserve it and somehow I just feel like being nice so you're going to live another night because I'm being set free see how that works When you're uptight about life and your money is funny or your marriage is about to end or you're about to be fired and you notice that, you know, these bad things happen, your retirement money ain't working out because the economy and Biden is having a fight <laughs> and the gas is too high. I can't even get to church like I want to. When you're uptight like that, have you ever noticed you can have somewhat of a short fuse? The Gospel is here described as the message of true good news. It's good news that is better than any news on the planet, saints. It is the good news. There is no other news better than this. And we already have received this good news. So the question, question is, 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 is if, if we, we have received, received this, good this good news, news what's, what's going on with our love for others? Are you seeing the connection I'm making? We've got the best news ever. And for some reason, because I'm going through some trouble, girl, this ain't the day. Don't try me today. Not today, baby. Not today. Just, I, don't, don't, careful. How is that? Do you realize what would happen if the body of Christ was going through hell and yet served the Lord to the point to where we would love others with the love of Christ? Do you know what that would do to this world? If people saw us in the midst of everything we were going through and we are able to love people and they know we're going through, do you know what that would do to this planet? Do you see the Holy Spirit's endgame here? We're not the only ones going through through history, saints. People have gone through, people have been chased down by lions and still found because of the Holy Spirit living inside of them that I have the ability to be generous, to be loving, to be kind, to look at you as a child of God. In spite of my differences, I can still love on you. Come on, somebody. And where does this come from? Verse 5, one more time which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. It is bearing fruit everywhere. It's the truth of God's grace. The Holy Spirit, verse 8. Give me me verse 8 and I'm done. This, uh, verse 8. There we go. Epaphras has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we hear the truth. We know what's coming. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit causes us to love others. He's given us this love. Where does it come from? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source. Are you hearing me? You may not be given the ability to speak in foreign languages and everybody gets saved. You may not be empowered by the Holy Spirit to lay your hands on folks and everybody gets healed of all kinds of diseases. You may not even be able to sing on key when the church is, you know, you, 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 you're, you're a little challenged there. You know, God didn't give you that. Yeah, we, we sing singing amazing grace. You're like, how's the sound? that's just not what he gave you. But let me tell you something, saints. It is impossible to have the spirit of Christ in you and be missing the ability to love like Jesus. Impossible. You may not get all the rest of that stuff, but you're going to get his love. You're going to get his love. And you're going to have that love even when you're going through, especially if you remember what you've already got. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Jesus is on the cross in pain, going through trials, being spit on, mocked. I love to say this, being called everything but the Son of God. Huh? He's No, no, let me take it further. Jesus is on the cross dying. I don't know many other circumstances worse than that. He's on the cross dying. And guess Guess what? what? He's in trouble. And yet, he's not thinking of himself. He's not. In that moment, he is staying in the will of God, going through all of that pain for you and me. Why? Because he loves us. last verse and I'm done. Colossians 2. Uh, give me give me no give me instead give me 1 Corinthians 13:13. 13, 13. Here it is, saints. Three things that will last forever. Faith. Epaphras told them about their faith in Jesus Christ. He reported to Paul about their faith in Christ Jesus, right? Hope See it? Hope of what is coming to you, the inheritance that God given you, the confidence, the assurance that what God has promised you will come to pass. And here it is, love. And the greatest of these is love. So the main thing as we're getting ready to go through this book of Colossians that we're going to talk about is that Paul teaches the Colossians that Christ is above all powers, all authorities, all dominions, all kingdoms, all rulers, all the demons, (laughs) okay? And that that Christ Christ is something, or someone someone, rather, that we we. already have. And And that that Christ Christ is all the protection protection that that we'll we'll ever need. Amen? And that 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 there is is no need for any substitutes. substitutes.
1: So if there is someone that should
0: be worshipped, it is only Jesus Christ, not some mixture, not some protective beads, not some amulets, not a bunch of other theories and other truths that come from all over the place. It's just Jesus Christ. We're going to, through this book, see Christ so highly exalted you will feel ashamed about trusting in anything or anyone else. Because Christ is all we need. Amen? And when you have those promises, and that person, that, those promises that come from what God has promised you, guess what you'll have the ability to do? You'll have persevering love. Christ and our trust for him goes this way. And because we have that, the love spreads out this way. There is the cross of Jesus Christ right there. Are you seeing it? Okay. It's impossible to have that connection this way and not have that love flow out this way. And that love doesn't take a break. That love doesn't, you know, we may lick our wounds and feel sorry for ourselves for a minute. And eventually it's like, you know what? Even in this prison, I'm going to pray for you. Even in this situation, I'm going to love on you. I'm going to find some kind of way to help you. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus did. Persevere in love. I'm done. Amen. You are dismissed. Happy Father's Day. Woo. Get your chicken now.